Hello, welcome to Destination Tokyo with myself, Mark Shardlow. As I started recording this morning, the news came through that the double Olympic champion and mother of three, Helen Glover, is incredibly back in training for the Tokyo Olympics. She's aiming to be the first woman in British rowing history to make an Olympic team after having children. You might recall that Helen married her husband, TV explorer Steve Backshall, after Rio. And they've had three children in between, Logan, who's two and a half, and Bo and Kit, the twins, who are one. We'll be having more on this tomorrow, and I'll be speaking to her boss, the performance director at British Rowing, Brendan Purcell. Excited for Helen uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an aspirational and exceptional athlete, um, which is, and, and really excited uh, for the team. Well, today I've got a relatively new father to talk to, and also BBC Olympic and Paralympic reporter Nick Hope on a new series on the BBC website on the Olympic and Paralympic stars of the future. But first, Tom Daly. Tom gave a great interview to the Track and Ball podcast, and he spoke about his daily training, but also about becoming a dad. Well, my husband is a massive support for me uh, with because with our son, obviously, I'm away traveling and doing and competing. So my husband uh, is on his own with Robbie quite a lot uh, when I go traveling. My mum does come up and help as well um, at the back ends of the week. So we'll be so that home team is, is mm. like so important to for me to be able to go away and feel you know, because any parent that goes away and leaves, like, you always feel guilty because you're like, oh, I, I feel like I should be at home, but I also have to like work and do my job. Like there's, so there is always that, but knowing that he's at home with uh, Lance and my mum, that really, I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit better. That perspective of becoming a parent and realizing that that little human being is the most important thing in your whole world and being able to have that perspective it, it just it's allowed me to enjoy diving again because I can go to diving and be like, this is just a game. It's a damn important one for me, but it's just a game and I'm going to enjoy it. And just, you know, it's, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So why not just make the most of it, enjoy it, do what you need to do. And sometimes that perspective, well, since having that perspective has just allowed me to compete so much better i don't worry about how how the competition's going to go i just execute i just go do it rather than mm-hmm. thinking oh what if this happens what are people going to think and you know at the end of the day i'm going to come home to robbie and he's going to be there you know one in a cuddle and he's not even going to care whether i've done well yeah. or if i've done bad but <laughs> it's more about you know i guess showing him an example of like you can work hard for anything and you can achieve it the, the aim is to be able to train like you compete so in training, get consistently like high scoring dives and not really have any big wobbles because with the big wobbles uh, in competition is exactly what you want to try and avoid. You get one chance and the fact that every four years you get that like opportunity to just have like one chance or five years now, but that is the, the high pressure of it. So if you can be consistent in training, it just gives you that confidence knowing that going into competition, you know what kind of form you're in. And I feel like it was only after 2012 when I moved and I experienced what a professional athlete day in, day out needs to do and needs to go above and beyond that I felt like I started to get those progressions. And it was, yeah, my, like my nutritionist helped me massively. My, uh, my coach obviously changed so many things in my technique. Uh, also my psychologist, all of those kinds of things have helped me become the athlete that I am today. I was actually going to say, you know, 
what what kind of lessons have you learned on the way? Because you know, from from this podcast, we we always want people to whoever's listening to to have like takeaways. So, is there like lessons that you've learned on the way in like building your team, changing your team, developing your team, and and you yourself as well? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about never settle for second best. If something is not right, and if your gut tells you that you there could be something better, or there could be someone better, or there could be some, never just let it go by have the conversations, have those uncomfortable conversations, because if you have those uncomfortable conversations earlier, it Mm. saves all of the headache of like, oh, now it's gone too far. Now I can't say anything. Mm. And just being able to have that regular communication to set boundaries and to set your expectations of where you want to go and how you want to get there. And let, for me, it's about letting everyone know what my, like my attitude going into an Olympic year is I am going to do every single thing possible make every sacrifice and do anything and everything possible so that when I stand on the diving board at the Olympic Games I know I've done Mm. everything that I physically can like mentally could any like absolutely everything so I know that I have the best shot at doing my best and the team that surrounds me I want them to have that same attitude and that same mentality and my coach definitely does um and all my team around me does and I think that having Surrounding yourself with people that are, um, you know, the same, have the same attitude and the same mentality as you really helps. Because if you have someone that is slightly half-assing it, then Mm. you're only ever going to be as good as your weakest person in your team. So, you know, we need everyone to use their whole ass and not half-ass. Since I drew a picture in a book when I was nine years old, like saying London 2012, that I was going to be in the Olympics. And why am I so nervous? Why mm. am I putting so much pressure on myself? This is a moment that I thought I was going to want more than anything, enjoy more than anything. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's have some fun here. Let's forget about, you know, the fact that this is the Olympics. This is what I've dreamed of my whole life. Why torture myself through the whole experience? Why not just enjoy it? And I think when I get to that stage of being able to enjoy competition, that's when I perform my best. That's Tom Daly on Track and Ball Podcast. It's a great interview and I highly recommend subscribing and downloading Track and Ball with Richard Whitehead and Ellen White. Now, I was in the press box for his London medal, sat alongside my next guest. His latest project about the next generation of Olympians and Paralympians has gone up on the BBC Sport website this week. And it is Nick Hope. Oh, thanks very much, Mark. Yes, uh, just delighted to get this content out there. It's called Generation Next. It's a, a new project that we've launched, which is basically going to follow a group of inspirational young athletes from a diverse range of backgrounds and sports as they bid to become our next sporting superstars. That's the blurb, but a little bit more background. You know, we, the sports we're including are boxing, para dressage, uh, rowing, road cycling, shooting. Uh, we've got a bit of breaking in there. That's the competitive form of breakdancing that goes in for the Olympics in 2024 in Paris, and then also a bit of track and field with athletics. Uh, Amy Hunt, the athlete that we're looking at there. So yeah, really exciting. Seven athletes in this initial launch, and then we'll hopefully expand it in the future. And the idea is what you follow them for the next four, three, four years. Absolutely. So some of them will have a chance of qualifying for the Tokyo Games. 
assuming it happens uh, this summer, but the vast majority of them are targeting Paris in uh, 2024, the next Olympics and Paralympics. So, well, yeah, what we really wanted to do with this is profile people who have great sporting ability, but also brilliant personalities who, you know, in many ways uh, transcend the sport because they're trying to do more than just win medals. So, uh, for example, you know, if you take uh, Tegan Vincent Cook, who is the power dressage rider. She's hilarious. Uh, she's absolutely brilliant. So she has, um, and she's you know completely open with this. You know, she has challenges in her life. She is uh, she has quadriplegic cerebral palsy, which affects all of her limbs, so muscle tightness throughout her body, and finds um, you know some day to day things, walking, talking, moving around, quite challenging. But she has documented her life and her challenges in a very kind of openly amusing way. You know, she she mocks herself. She doesn't take herself too seriously, and just to show how you know appealing that story and journey and storytelling has been. You know, she has over 320,000 followers on TikTok, which is just incredible. I can't think of any other athletes uh, in, in Britain that we have with that kind of following on that platform at the moment. And, you know, she also, she's very open. She she came out last uh, month uh, on uh, in a YouTube sketch that she actually wrote um, to reveal she was bisexual. And it began with her literally walking out of a closet. So, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of her, um, her, her sense of humor and um, why people have been drawn to her. But that's just one example. You know, others uh, we have like um, Kara Edwards, the, the rower. You know, she's aiming to be the first black Olympic rower that we've had in Great Britain. And she's really trying to change perceptions and also show that it's okay to be, um, in her own words, a feisty, aggressive black woman. She admits that, you know, when she was a kid, she had to suppress that really. And there was a lot of stereotyping um, around that but she's been inspired by people like Serena Williams to really you know come out of herself and, and show what she's made of and wants other people to follow her lead. And that's Nick Hope from BBC Sport and you can see his work on the BBC Sport website. Thanks to today to Track and Ball Podcast which is Richard Whitehead and Ellen White and their guest Tom Daly. And we'll have more tomorrow on the sensational return to British rowing of Helen Glover including more from Brenda Purcell the Director of Performance. But that's just about it. Just a reminder that I'm making these podcasts to try and raise money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. If you want to donate even a couple of quid, then please go to justgiving.co.uk and search Destination Tokyo. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. From me, Mark Shardlow, goodbye.